Welcome to the Maranatha Baptist Church Podcast. It is our prayer that this class from our Equip Ministry will be a blessing to you and will grow your love for Jesus Christ. We would encourage you to use it only as a supplement to your regular intake of God's Word in your local church. If you need help connecting with a local church, please reach out to us on our website, mbcgrimes.org. All right, so as a quick review, this is sort of what we went through last week that there are several topics that we've looked at, rejoicing, unity, humility, and service, Christian living. But then we add to that you know, what we talked about last week with Paul, wanting to know Christ, wanting to, to know Him and all about Him. And I do not have notes. Yes, I am sorry. This week I... I did not get it together on that, so and I figured I either am going to get a PowerPoint done or I'm going to get notes done, and so the PowerPoint won out, <laughs> which is good for the ones that are online. So um, that was kind of my reasoning there. So I'm sorry I don't have notes. I do encourage you to take some notes if you can, but uh, we're, we'll also end up having just a lot of questions this week that I'm going to be asking you. So want to see uh, everyone take part. So, all right. Um, but knowing Christ, and that said the, the power of his resurrection, fellowship of his suffering, uh, conforming to his death, you know, wanted to know Christ. And our examples that we've had in um, Philippians so far, and so that is where we have been, and of course the focus, Paul's focus, always is on the gospel. And so, um, yeah, that was his heart, to, to have that gospel and be able to, to give it out. All right? Now, you know, he, he uses in this next section a running metaphor. He doesn't actually use the word running, but you can see that uh, language and that terminology as he's going through this and talking through this next section. You know, it's, it's not usually a recommended idea for someone to get up and speak on something that they don't really know a whole lot about. And for me, that's running because I don't do running. Uh, probably should. But I don't. So, you know, there are some people who, who uh, really focus on that and they, they do it well and they, they, um, they practice. They, they just daily get out and do it. They uh, work hard at it and, and they run marathons. And, you know, so as... I can imagine that if they're reading through this section and some of the metaphors about running, they actually have a, a better understanding of what Paul is expressing here or what he's trying to use as his metaphor. But Paul uses this running metaphor um, several different times. Uh, we see it in Galatians 5, 7. He, he tells them, you were running well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? Uh, we see it in 1 Corinthians 9, 24. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain it. Also, uh, 2 Timothy 4, 7, at the end of his life, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. And so he, he uses this idea of running several times. And then... We, um, and this is always, of course, a debated question about the author of Hebrews, but the famous uh, reference there to running in Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. For the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So 
this this idea of of connecting our Christian lives with running is a is a common theme or a common metaphor that's used in order to explain how we should live out the Christian life. And uh, so we're going to look at a few things that he says here in Philippians um, regarding that. You know, and if we look at kind of the overall picture here, I'm going to just title this as how to run well. You know, and yes, it, it's the running metaphor, but we also need to think, okay, how do we run well the Christian life? What is he trying to express here in running well that Christian life? All right. And we left off at the, uh, in verse 11. He's talking about this knowing Christ, and he says, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection of the dead. And then in verse 12, he starts out, not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has laid hold of me. All right, so, you know, if you are, if you are a runner, you know, one of the things you do have to do is be honest with yourself. And what I mean by that is being honest with yourself as far as your, your uh, skill or your, your status, okay? And if we're looking at that and we kind of put this on a timeline or a, a scale, you know, as far as what Paul's talking about here with the Christian life, you know what he's saying is the end goal or the 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 end is perfection it's that's the peak that's the the best you can be is perfect of course right now we know that we can't be perfect but sometimes we tend to uh, not really analyze where we are on that scale. We try to maybe think that we are at a certain level beyond them that what we really are. Okay, so we may look at ourselves as you know, this point in the scale, or we may get to this point in the scale, and we may think, okay, well, this is where we are. Um, but sometimes we get to the point where we just kind of think, well, that's good enough. You know, that, that's, you know, I'm doing well. And as a Christian, I'm doing well. And this is, this is, this is good. But then we kind of stay there. All right. But we also sometimes think we are doing really well and really, you know, in God's perspective, maybe we're not doing quite so well as what we think we are. You know, we, we like to always think of ourselves better than, than what we are. So, you know, as we are looking at this, you know, we, be th- we need to be thinking, where, where are we on the scale? All right, so, and I wanted to ask this question, how would you describe arriving spiritually? You know, what, is, what does it mean to spiritually arrive? <laughs> okay, have to be dead. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. So, you know, if we look at that definition or Jennifer's definition of being dead, you know, have any of us arrived? <laughs> You know, do we know everything that we need to know? Are we able to conquer every sin, every temptation? There's just so much that as we look at and we um, really analyze where we are in our Christian life, we still all have a long ways to go. We all still have things that we need to work on. And And Paul here, as he's... He's uh, writing to the Philippians. He says, not that I have already attained or am already perfected. 
And so he knows, he, he sees where he's at. He knows he's not perfect. You know, Paul, we, we always want to think, oh yeah, he's really up there. And, and he was faithful, and he did work hard, and he was zealous for the ministry, but he wasn't perfect. Uh, even in some of the things we've talked about in, in Acts on Sunday and, and the struggles that he had with, um, with um, Barnabas. You know, it, it was, there are things that he still struggled with, and he would even tell you. You know, there are things that, that he fought with, with temptation. And so he knew he wasn't perfect. He still, he knew that he still had uh, growth that needed to happen. And, uh, you know, for us to be able to run the Christian life well, first thing we have to realize is where we are and really look at, do we need to grow? Obviously, the answer is yes. There's always something that needs to be done. So, and Paul, so how does Paul describe his status? He describes it as not attained yet. He's not perfect. Um, we also see at the beginning of verse 13, brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended. Okay, so he knew there was some point, some goal that, that needed to be there. But he knew he, he didn't, he hadn't reached that point yet. And uh, neither have we. So, you know, do we need to be honest with ourselves? Yes. And do we have ways to go? Yes. All right. So, you know, the next thing is, if you're a runner, do you need to know what your goal is? If you're running a marathon, you know, What's the path on the marathon? Where's the end of the marathon? You know, where, where are you running to? If you don't have the goal or the end, are you going to know which direction to head you know, or where to go with it? All right. So, you know, in the Christian life, um, there's a few questions for you. Does God sometimes give uh, a Christian a clear life mission? Okay, all right. Yeah, we have we see missionaries that know you know some of them that grow up from a very young age that that say you know even early on I knew I wanted to go here or that God wanted me to go to this this country or this nation or this people, and so yes for for them they had a very clear mission and I believe they knew that that's what God had for them very specific. Um, what are some other yes Michael okay alright so yes I'll put up that next question do you have a mission and that fits in with that question okay Matthew 28 19 and 20 which says what Go and make disciples. Um, it's a clear mission, right? And does that apply to every believer? Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, if we're looking at what our goals are, or what our goal as a believer is, is that one of our missions, one of the things that God wants us to do? Definitely. Um, you know, do, how does that look for each person? Does that look different for each person? You know, you're part-time pastor at a church in Adele, and, uh, you know, that is part of filling that, that role of making disciples. You know, um, Jennifer probably isn't going to be a pastor at the Church of Adele. <laughs> okay, you know, her, her role is going to be different. It's going to look different for her. But the goal, the mission is still the same, to make disciples, to reach people. Okay, are there other missions? Are there other goals or uh, directions that God gives each believer? 
I see heads nodding yes. What are some of those? This is the little guy concerning you needing your sanctification. Okay, all right, your sanctification. All right. Um, I, I know my wife and son have heard me say this multiple times, but what I... It still always comes to my mind when I think through this subject, and that's a professor that I had in college that was just straightforward and very practical. And, and you know, a lot of people, especially uh, juniors and seniors at college, they're, they're asking, well, I'm trying to figure out what God's will for my life is. And, and he just said, you know, if you want to know what God's will for your life is, it's really not all that hard. He said, if you look through the Bible and you read through all those passages that say, for this is the will of God, and you do all of those, you'll have plenty on your hands to do. <laughs> and, uh, you know, if there's something specific, God's going to show you that at that point. But, you know, there's, there's obviously lots of things that God has given us as instructions already, things that He wants us to be doing. And uh, so... We have that as a purpose or a goal. You know, and, and as we looked last week, Paul, what was one of his purposes or goals? It's to know Christ. You know, that in itself can take a lifetime of us just doing that and uh, wanting to know Christ and getting to know him. All right. So there's, there's lots of things, but he also, did Paul have a specific goal? Uh, let's see. Well, okay. Let me come back to that here in a minute. Did Paul have a specific goal? You know, did God kind of uh, grab Paul and put him on a specific mission? Yeah, to reach the Gentiles. And I think that's, it's interesting the way he puts it here in verse 12. He says, not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. You know, so I think he had this idea that God had grabbed him for a certain purpose. And his goal was, okay, well, I'm going to, my goal is to fulfill that purpose that God had, has for me to the best of my ability. And so that was his, where his efforts and where his direction, uh, his thoughts were, were. How do I get to that goal? Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. He wrote a lot as, as part of reaching that goal of making disciples and reaching others and encouraging believers. And, and, you know, even now as we think, well, you know, are we Gentiles? Uh, yes, and we're still learning from Paul and the, the things that he did then. And so, yeah, there, there is a mission, whether it's clear as a specific thing that God wants you to do, or whether it's clear as in, you know, for this is the will of God. And God has a mission for each of us to, to work on. And we need to know and have that as a focus. This is what God wants me to be doing and be working on that. All right. So uh, should, our, should our mission ever be based on someone else? What I mean by that, okay, let's say, let's say you're a runner. Uh, is your goal to run just as good as this other runner? What happens if you run just as good as this other runner? Do you win? <laughs> no, because if you're just as good as this other person, then then that's not trying to win. Uh, but also, what if your goal is to try to be this other person or to be like this other person, and that's not what God has designed for you? 
you know, as a believer, you know, our mission, yes, in general, we have those for these are, this is the will of God. Those are the general things that, that God's given to us. But we need to be careful not to uh, focus on what somebody else is doing and what their mission is and say, okay, well, you know, I, I need to be like that person. Okay, but uh, our goal needs to be to look at, okay, what is the goal that God's given to me? And that is the thing I need to work on. That's the focus I need to be doing, not trying to compare or look at someone else for that goal. All right, now, as a Christian, are we to be unsatisfied? Yeah, that's kind of a trick question, right? You know, normally, is it, is it a good thing for a Christian to not be satisfied? I'd say no, not normally. But in this case, when we're looking at running, and kind of like we took, talked earlier about knowing where we are in their Christian life and our status or uh, our progress in the Christian life. Is it good for us to be satisfied with our progress? And obviously, no. <laughs> we, don't, we don't want to be satisfied with where we are and not move forward. You know, so what are some of the indicators that Paul was not satisfied with his status? If you're looking at these verses, 12 through, say, 15 or 14 What tells you he's not satisfied? Okay, reaching forward. Yeah. Pressing toward the goal. Okay. Yeah, he uses these terms in there. I, I press on. Uh, verse 12, I press on that I may lay hold on that which that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. And then he, again, reaching forward or pressing forward to those things which are ahead you know, he saw where he was, he knew what the goal was, and he said, you know, it's not good enough for me to just be satisfied with where I am. And is it easy for us to get sometimes satisfied? Yeah. Uh, we, you know, just like in talking earlier about attaining or feeling like we've attained to a certain level, we can get stuck there because we become satisfied with where we're at. And uh, we, we shouldn't do that. So what does it look like for us to be unsatisfied where we are in reaching the goal? Let's, let's use the goal of um, Matthew 28. So making disciples. You know, if we are not satisfied with where we're at in making disciples... What, what does that look like? What do we do? What are the, some, of the, some of the things we can do to make progress in that area? Yes? Putting yourself out there and talking to people. Okay. Putting yourself out there, talking to people. Is that uh, easy? <laughs> For some, of, some people, yes. Some people, no, not so much. <laughs> Okay. That doesn't mean you have to go to school. Yeah. Yeah. So preparation. And sometimes that preparation we can do um, just in studying the word, but sometimes we also need to reach out to someone else that has maybe uh, discipled other people already. Yeah. That that we see um, they have experience or or they have some things that they can teach us on that. So we reach out and say, start asking questions. You know, what, what can I do to be better at this? Or, or where, where are some, what are some tips of places I could go that I can maybe interact with unbelievers or even believers that need discipled? And so uh, just preparing, getting to know, you know, where... Uh, the best options are what to do next. And, uh, you know, if we take 
the different missions that God has given us. Okay, let's say another mission that God has given us um, is prayer. Okay, uh, have we attained you know perfection in prayer? <laughs> no, no. Okay, so what are some things that we can do to to make progress in that that uh, task of prayer? Keep praying, okay, yes. So more of it, yeah. Set a time, okay, so, yeah, if you use that running metaphor, you know, if you don't set a time to run, you're probably not going to run, okay. Uh, prayer, if you don't set a time for prayer, often it just doesn't get done. And we can do these types of, or ask these types of questions with every different mission that God has given us. You know, whether it's work or whether it's parenting or whether it's um, just in uh, your relationships with your family. Um, you know, there, there's just so many different areas that, that we have as a mission that we, we do need to ask our questions ourselves these uh, types of questions. You know, what can we do to make ourselves better in this area and not be satisfied with where we are in it? Okay. And so we see Paul not satisfied, you know, and then he goes on in verse 13. It says, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. So, running metaphor again. Is it a good idea while you're running to be looking backwards? <laughs> Usually is a problem. In fact, uh, you know, they, they used to have the Sawana game where you had to run around the circle backwards. Okay? And uh, I, I can... Saved by experience because one of her sons broke his arm that way. You know, it, it's just not usually a great idea to, to uh, run with looking the wrong direction. All right? And uh, so he says, forgetting the things which are behind. So, you know, what problems can dwelling on the past cause us in the Christian life? If we're talking in Christian life, Looking backwards, what are some of the problems that, that uh, can be caused by looking back? And we'll start with, okay, first, negative past events or experiences. What can those do to cause us problems in our Christian life if we're dwelling on those past events or experiences? Okay. Depression, okay. All right, how so? I mean, uh, just depression... Yeah, those negative things that happen can just draw us down. It can make us just really um, down thinking about what happened in the past that we can't change or what happened in the past that we don't know why it happened. You know, these things that are events and, and experiences we have, and some of them aren't pleasant. But, um, but if we dwell on them, it, yeah, it's going to be depressing to us and draw us down. All right? Yeah. Okay. All right. So, yeah, letting those things, dwelling on those things so much that we start neglecting the, the relationship with God that we could have now. Um, yeah, that's good. about oh okay we miss the grace that that God's given us if we dwell on those past things because has God given us grace for those past things yeah yeah the forgiveness of of God and the grace of God that he gives us with those past events you know if we're focusing on them are we focusing on what God's done already? 
to remedy those things. And we, yeah, we miss that. And what about our failures? Oh. Yes. Okay, so fear. Yeah. Fear is, as they say, a, a big motivator. <laughs> and so if we dwell on those things and we're, we're fearful of doing the same thing again or um, you know, seeing those same things come up again, then yeah, it, it can be um, a detractor from what God wants us to be doing now. You know, if this happens even with witnessing, if you go to witness to someone and they just really you know, chew you out and uh, just really reject you and, and, and uh, just in your face, you know, does that make you a little hesitant the next time to speak up? <laughs> it can. And you know, that's the type of thing that, that is a negative experience that can keep us from moving forward. All right, so what about positive past events or experiences? Can that cause problems if we're dwelling on past positive things? Yes, yeah. Yes, we should learn from them, yes. I think, and, and oh, go ahead. Yes, that's true. If we grow from our past experiences and learn from them, yeah, it definitely turns into a positive and you know, moves us on that progress of our Christian life, really. Did Paul have positive things in his past? Yeah. Even what we looked at last week, some of the things he mentioned, were they deemed in... And at least in the Jewish culture, would a lot of those have been positive things. Yeah, he was a Hebrew of the Hebrews, and he was a Pharisee, and, and you know, persecuted the church, and all those things for the Jewish culture. Uh, you know, those were all great things, and he could have dwelt on those things and, and said, oh, yeah, look how great I was in the past. You know, um, but can that cause a? If we're doing that, if we're looking at the great things that have happened in the past, or the great things we did in the past, can that be a detractor to doing what we should be doing now? Yeah. So we really have um, both negative and positive things that can think that can cause a problem. And he says to forget them. Forgetting those things which are behind. So, what does it mean to forget those things in the past? Can we really forget them? Yeah, I'd say no. We can't really forget those things. We we know that they're there. Sometimes they can become uh, maybe more dim in our memories than other things. But but do we forget our past? Um, you know, not always. You know, but when when uh, the Bible talks about God forgetting our sins, you know, is it that God really forgets everything that we've done in the past? You know, but it carries the idea that God decides to not think on those things, as to not to put those things far behind Him and say, "I'm not going to remember them anymore." And that's kind of the same idea here that, yes, there are those things that happen in the past, and we're not going to just completely forget them, but we don't need to be dwelling on them because dwelling on them is what can start to detract from the mission that God has for us right now that we need to be doing. All right. So don't look back. Um, and, and maybe I should... Um, amend that a little bit, but looking back, like Dorothy said, to learn from them, to grow from them, but not to dwell on them uh, is the idea. All right. And then uh, letter E, keep the prize in view as we're looking through
this verse, Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. All right, so he, he mentions this idea of a prize, and he mentions this upward call of God in Christ Jesus. You know, um, can be a little bit confusing as we read through that, but I think if we connect a few different things together, it makes it pretty clear. You know, so if we look back at verse 11, it says, If by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead, then you know, the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And then if we go down to uh, verse, 20, um, verse 20 and 21, For our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body that it may be conformed to his glorious body, according to the working by, by which he is able even to subdue all things to himself. You know, that upward call, I think, is just the idea that you know, someday God is going to call us home. And uh, is, that, is that a prize? In itself, yeah. You know, I often, you know, especially times where we struggle with temptation or we struggle with sin, and we think, you know, one day we're not going to have to struggle with sin. You know, we're not going to have to struggle with temptation. Is that something to rejoice about? Uh, absolutely. And is that something that, that uh, we should look forward to? And uh, yeah, every day we should look forward to the fact that one day we're not going to have to struggle with that. And that, that, I think, is the prize. And also just the, as we read in other passages that, that we will be rewarded for the things that we do, the work that we put in for Christ's sake. And, uh, you know, Paul makes that clear, too, that that, that is something that he is uh, attaining to is those rewards that are eternal, not the rewards that are just temporary or earthly. And so, you know, there are things that we should be looking forward to and, and really desiring for that to come. Not that we should desire death, but we should desire what the future holds. And knowing that when that one day we are going to appear uh, before Christ, we're going to be with Christ. And do we want do we want that appearing of us with Christ to be one that has uh, rewards for the work that we put into the efforts here on earth now, or do we want to, you know, come before Christ and say, oh, you know, I really didn't do a whole lot. You know, and, and so he's saying we should have our eyes on that prize, that, that picture in view. So the prize really is you know, that, um, that appearing before Christ or being with Christ and, and uh, that, that opportunity or that, that point where we don't have to worry about sin and temptation and also just the, the hope of the rewards that, that we will get. And so, yeah, I covered verse 20 already. And so, you know, if we're looking at that timeline, you know, what is it that is at that very end? It's perfection. And when does that perfection come? You know, when we pass away, because it's not going to come on while we're here. But that perfection comes through the work of Christ. And in, in, when... Uh, we are perfected in our um, heavenly body. All right. So then uh, just in the last few minutes, we're going to look at just what Paul says here at the uh, end of chapter 3. He mentions, well, let me just read starting verse 15. Therefore, let us as many as are mature have this mind. And if anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. Nevertheless, to the degree that we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule, let us be of the same mind. 
And so, you know, as he's saying there, you know, if we, if we're willing, if, if we are mature, you know, God is going to reveal to us the things that we need to improve on, the things we need to grow in, and he's going to show us those things. Uh, verse 17, brethren, join in following my example and note that those who so walk as you have us for a pattern. All right, so you know, earlier I asked the question, you know, are, should we have other, should we be looking at other people as our goal or what goals they have and making them our goal? Okay, so how is this different when he says, follow my example and note those who, who so walk? as you have us for a pattern, you know, a, a pattern that we are to imitate. How is that different? Okay, yeah, all right. So in, in sports, if you see someone that's, that has a good um, pattern or a good uh, workout plan, you know, to say, okay, well, if it's working for them, that's something that I should, that, that I should do. It's not necessarily that you have the same goal as that other person, but if they are progressing and they are doing well in a certain area, yeah, it's it's wise to look and say, okay, well, what are they doing right that I can learn from? And, uh, you know, in the Christian life, we need to do the same thing. We need to look at others that are progressing, that are are making those strides and say, okay, well, you know, what can I learn from them in, in the Christian life? What things are they doing that helps them to develop as a Christian that I can do also? Not that their goals are exactly the same as theirs, but that we can still learn from them in the way they walk. And uh, I think that's what, what Paul is saying here. But then he also mentions a, uh, oh, let's see. So I had a couple of questions there. We just talked about it. <laughs> um, the bad examples he, he gives here, for many walk, in verse 18, for many walk of whom I have told you often and now tell you even weeping that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly and whose glory is in their shame, who set their mind on earthly things. All right, so he gives us uh, some bad examples. There are some that that were probably probably believers that or said they were believers, professed to be believers, but then walked away from the faith. And he he describes them. He says uh, they become enemies of God, self-indulgent. Yeah, they uh, whose God is their belly. You know, it, it's more about self and what I can get out of it. That was their mindset. They were proud of what they should have been ashamed of. His glory is in their shame. You know, it reminds you also of uh, Ramon, um, Romans chapter 1, where it says, professing themselves to be wise, they become fools. You know, so they, they have this this pride in what they think and what they do, but really it's, it's shameful of, of what they're doing. And so, um, and then their focus was on this present world and the earthly things. And so, you know, when we're looking at the running the race, we can look at these things and say, you know, what things in this list are true of us you know, is our focus on the present world? You know, are we being self-indulgent in the way we live rather than really working on the progress of the Christian life and doing reaching that goal that God has for us? You know, if we're self-indulgent, you know, are we really becoming enemies of God rather than following after God? And so he gives all these as, as uh, examples of how not to run the race, how not to not to do it. And it says whose end is destruction. And so obviously a caution to us that 
that if that's our mindset and that's our direction and goal, you know, there is a truth to it, a consequence, and that at the end is destruction. All right, so then as we read verse 20 and 21, for our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body that it may be conformed to his glorious body according to the working by which he is able even to subdue all things to himself. We're going to end in chapter 4, verse 1. Therefore, my beloved and longed-for brethren, my joy and my crown, so stand fast in the Lord, beloved. You know, so his goal for the Philippians was that they run the race well and that they stand firm and they don't end up following the example of these, these others who had become enemies of God. And, and so, you know, are there lots of things there that we need to uh, learn from and improve on and know where we are really in our Christian walk? Yeah, uh, there's lots there that we need to grow uh, and learn from in this section. But lastly, um, you know, a whole section as we're studying this is rejoice in the Lord. So what are some things in this section that we can rejoice in? Citizenship in heaven. Okay, yes, that's definitely worth rejoicing about. New bodies, yes. <laughs> yeah, we look forward to that. Okay. Ultimate retribution against evil. Yes, their their end is destruction, right? It's it's they're not gonna profit from their sin forever. Yeah. Yes. Face to face relationship with Jesus. So something uh, I mean we can't even imagine what that's gonna be like. But look forward to it. And we could go on, we're over time already, we could go on just picking things out, and I encourage you even to just look through these verses and, and reread them and say, okay, what are things in here that, that we can be grateful for? You know, it, another one I'll just throw out is, has God given us a mission? Yes. What if God didn't give us a mission? What would life be like? You know, so we can be grateful that God has given us a goal and a purpose uh, for the Christian walk. So.
Thanks for listening. For more resources, visit our website, mbcgrimes.org. May the word of Christ dwell in you richly, and to God be the glory.